Hello, my name's Bob Lentz. I want to welcome you here to Front Row Church. Have your Bibles with you. I'd like for you to turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. We're going to be reading a few verses out of that. Very familiar story, so if you don't have it, I'll read the verses to you in a few moments. But I do invite you to grab your Bibles if you have it at hand. You know, when I was a young Christian, um, I read a book that really made an impact on me. It was a book about a missionary who went to this tribal village, and he was going to translate the Bible into their language. And so he lived with the tribal people for several years, learning their language and their customs and their rituals and all the things so that he could translate the scriptures into something that made sense to them. But it wasn't very long as they began to translate, he realized that there's no specific word in their language for faith. It just wasn't a concept that they uh, embraced. <clears throat> Pardon me. And so without a word for faith, it would be impossible for him to actually uh, translate the scriptures accurately into their language. And so one day he was laying in his hammock, and uh, all of a sudden his best friend from the tribe came running in, jumped into the hammock next to him, and he used a word that meant, I put my full weight into this hammock. And the missionary knew immediately, he said, that's the word I can use to translate faith. I put my full weight into this thing. So this morning, whether you were sitting at your breakfast table or in your office or whether you uh, sat in your car, uh, you practiced that kind of faith. You, you plopped yourself into your chair, into your car seat. You didn't check it out. You didn't wonder, is it going to hold me up? <clears throat> you just simply said, I believe this is going to hold my full weight. The Bible says that faith is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. So I want to show you what that kind of faith looks like. You know, one of my favorite movies is the movie called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I know you're familiar with it. In that movie, Indy showed us what faith really looks like. You remember he, towards the end of the movie, he had to pass three supreme tests in order to reach the Holy Grail and actually to save his his father's life. And the third test was what was called the path of God. And it required this very unique element of faith. You remember what it looked like? Indiana Jones was standing on, you know, the, the ledge at the precipice, looking across the chasm, knowing that he had to get across to the other side in order to get the Holy Grail, bring it back and save his dad. But there was no way in the world he, he could make that jump. No way in the world he could get to the other side. And so he had the book in his hand, he held his breath, he trusted the words that he had read, and he stepped out. You remember how fearful that was, even for us watching it the first time, he steps out, and then the bridge appeared, and of course, he made it across and he saved his dad. Now that's the Hollywood version of faith, but it is a good image for us to think about because the Bible says faith is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Faith in your life often takes the form of a single step. It takes faith to step out and trust Christ for your salvation. It takes faith for you to get out of your comfort zone and reach across the racial divide and build friendships with people who don't look like you. It takes faith to step towards an enemy and try to seek reconciliation. It takes faith to step out and do what you hear the Spirit whispering into your heart. The truth of the matter is this, if the decision you're facing 
is important, then it's going to take a step of faith to complete it. So this morning, we're going to look at one of the most famous steps of faith that we find in the scriptures. You know, when Peter uh, threw his leg over the boat and he began to walk on the water, he was literally taking a step of faith. And because of that single step, Peter became the only man except Jesus Christ who ever walked on water. So what do you think Peter would say today if we asked him this? Was it worth the risk? Well, duh. Of course it was worth the risk. Faith is always worth the risk. I want us to read this passage just to kind of give you the flavor of where we're heading this morning. It's found in Matthew chapter 14, uh, starting with verse 22. Matthew writes and says, Immediately after this, that's immediately after feeding the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake while he sent the rest of the people home. And after sending them home, he went to the hills by himself to pray. And night fell while he was there. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for strong wind had risen up, and they were fighting heavy waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear. They cried, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them <clears throat> at once and said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink and he said, save me, Lord. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Then they climbed back in the boat and the wind stopped. And the disciples worshipped him, worshipped Jesus. They said, you really are the Son of God. <clears throat> I want you to think with me this morning about two realities of this story. One of them is stepping out of the boat, and the other is staying in the boat. And we've got a decision to make every day. Will we step out of the boat, or will we stay in the boat? So here's what it feels like when you and I are willing to step out of the boat. First thing we've got to admit is that stepping out of the boat is usually scary business. It's hard work. It's often lonely work. Sometimes it may even seem like it's impossible work. I don't believe it's a coincidence that Jesus taught one of his greatest lessons on faith while his disciples were struggling with a life-threatening storm. We often learn the greatest lessons when storms are in our life. It's no surprise that we suffer and face storms. The surprise comes when we don't learn the kind of lessons that God wants to teach us from those storms. You know, some people will tell you that storms that you face in life, well, they're all just coincidental. Or maybe they're just old-fashioned happenstance. Others will tell you, well, God's going to use that storm to punish you. I don't believe any of those things are right. You know, when you look at scriptures, you figure out there's at least three things that are evident about storms in our lives. The first thing, this ought to give you comfort. The first thing Storms are never, uh, they, they never take God by surprise. In verse 22, Jesus said, I, I made them, I insisted that the disciples get into the boat. He knew the storm was coming. He knew the storm was exactly what all 12 of the disciples needed. So Jesus didn't sign on, didn't stand on the shoreline that night and wring his hands and say, well, I, I wish I'd known the storm was coming. 
If, if I'd known it was coming, I never would have sent my buddies out there. No. He is never surprised by the craziness or the messiness of your life. Second thing we see is there's always a divine purpose for your storm. Whatever you're facing today, God is aware of it. He's working behind the scenes to produce something in you that could never occur without the storm. Maybe we should say it like this. There's always purpose in your pain. Now, that won't make the storm any less painful. But it might help you see God in the midst of your pain. You see, He has not abandoned you. The truth is He's walking with you in your storm, whatever that storm looks like to you today. You may be going through financial storms or mental, emotional storms. There may be something going on in your marriage, something going on with friends. There's all kinds of storms. But I want you to hear me. God has not abandoned you. He's walking beside you in your storm. Third thing about these storms is God reveals himself, I think, most mightily in the midst of your storms. There's something uniquely intimate about our relationship with God when we're in a storm, when our lives seem to be falling apart. So when the storms hit, and they will, that's the time for you to sharpen your spiritual senses because that's the time when you're going to see God most evidently working in your life. In the storms, you're going to see God. You've probably heard the story of, of Peter hundreds of times in your church. But I bet you have no idea what Jesus actually said to his disciples while they were freaking out over the storm. The Bible says he encouraged them and he calmed their fears. We need to remember that Jesus is Lord over the storms in biblical times as well as the storms that we face today. So whenever a storm is in your life, whatever it may look like, how, how difficult it may appear to be, Jesus wants you to hear the same thing that he said to his disciples. Don't be afraid. I'm here. Now, when Peter heard Jesus' voice, that's where his walk of faith actually began. In verse 22, Peter said, If it's really you, then tell me to come to you on the water. Now, Peter didn't have great faith yet. He wasn't even sure if it was Jesus. But if it was Jesus, then, then Peter was ready to walk on water. Boy, that's key. If it's really Jesus speaking to you, it's time to walk on water. Now, some of, some of you, like me, have tiny faith, and that's okay. Uh, we can see that every great accomplishment begins with just this simple thought. Is it really you, Lord? If it is, then I'm ready to go. <clears throat> now, this, this is where faith gets risky. Stepping out for Peter would have been hard work, even if the seas were calm, even if it was a clear day, even if he could see Jesus right there beside the boat. But in Peter's case, none of those things were true. The, the life storm was, I mean, the storm was threatening his life, and the waves were crashing over the boat. It was pitch black, probably 3 o'clock in the morning, and Jesus was way out there walking on the water. So this was a pivotal moment in Peter's life. You see, he had a decision to make, a decision that you and I must make. He could either step out of the boat and, and risk sinking, or he could stay in the boat and miss the greatest opportunity of his life. Does that sound familiar to you? It's what we're faced with on a regular basis. Will, will we step out of the boat and risk sinking, or will we stay in the boat and miss our opportunity? 
Here's the kicker to remember. Can't do both of those. It's a decision. You've got to decide, will I step out or will I stay in? Do you know what I love about Peter's approach to a situation is this. He didn't ask Jesus for a promise before he stepped out. He didn't say, Lord, I'll step out if you, if you promise me that, that I won't sink. Or if you promise that I won't get wet and make a fool of myself, I'm going to step out. Can you promise me, Lord, that I'll be successful as a water walker? If you give me that promise, I'll step out. See, Peter wasn't interested in a promise. What he wanted was an opportunity. He wanted to see God at work in his life. He was willing to attempt something that was destined for failure unless God showed up. That's the kind of people who do great things for God's kingdom. So what are you attempting to do in your life right now? It's too big for you to accomplish without God's power at work in your life. Just think about that for a moment. What are you doing right now? What are you attempting that's beyond your ability? If you're not attempting something like that, then can I suggest that perhaps you're still sitting comfortably in the boat? Maybe it's time for you to step out in faith. Maybe it's time for you to listen to God's voice, to watch what God's doing, and say, I'm willing to step out. The other people, well, these are the ones that stayed in the boat. So what does it feel like to stay in? We know stepping out is scary. We know stepping out is sometimes seemingly impossible. We know stepping out means you're going into new territory. What does it feel like when you stay in the boat? Sad thing about this story is the fact that many people look at Peter and say, you know, just too bad, so sad. He took his eyes off of Jesus. You know, you know what happened. He sank, he got wet, he failed. You know, he should have been able to walk on water just like Jesus. Let me ask you a question. When you look at Peter, and then you look at the other 11 disciples who stayed in the boat, who would you say actually failed that night? I would say it was the boat potatoes, the guys who stayed safe, the guys who stayed in the boat, the guys who were frightened by their circumstances. These guys were in the majority. In fact, if they had taken a boat that night, Peter would have never walked on water. You know, we're never told how far Peter walked in the water. Could have been a couple feet, may have been 100 yards. But the key to remember is this. Peter walked on water while everybody else watched. You know, if the disciples were a football team, you'd say Peter was in the game while everybody else was sitting on the bench. All that we've discussed so far is from a biblical perspective. This is what the Bible teaches us about what was going on in these few hours. But from now on, I'm going to give you something that I would call it's no longer biblical, but I call it biblical perspective. In other words, I'm going to just tell you what I think could have happened. It was still dark when they arrived back on the shoreline. See, we're not told a lot about what happened that night. But somebody built a fire and everybody huddled around that fire and the 11 boat potatoes, the 11 guys who stayed in the boat, well, they began slapping Peter on the back. You know, saying things like, you're the man. We knew you could do it. We never had a doubt. That was awesome. And then they began asking, what was it like? And he, he shared with them 
maybe the fear factor and all those things. Then things begin to calm down. Everybody got a little bit more introspective as the night went on. And the disciples who stayed in the boat, they began to say things like this. You know, I could have done that. I should have done that. Wow, I, I wish I could have at least given it a try. You know what that is? That's the language of regret. That's what happens when you, you fail to step out in faith and you miss the opportunity to change your life. And maybe the lives of your family, your friends, your church, maybe even your culture. Regret is what it feels like when you stay in the boat. Now, I want you to hang on to your seats because I'm going to give you a very deep, profoundly philosophical statement. Here it is. If you don't step out of the boat, you never walk on water. Duh. You, you realize every one of us is in the same kind of boat right now. It might be a physical place. It could be an attitude that you grew up with, a relationship that you're in. There's all kinds of boats. Chances are that boat, whatever it is, an attitude, an environment, it may make you feel safe and secure. We may feel that way because the boat's crowded. There's a lot of people that are just like us. But I want you to listen to me. Staying in the boat will guarantee you this one thing. You will never walk on water. So let's agree with this. You and I, we're not placed on earth so that we can learn how to paddle our boats. But rather we're here so we can learn how to walk on water. It's time for you and me to step out of the boat. Now, before you jump out of the boat, you need to remember this. Walking on water isn't the safest or the easiest things you'll ever do. But it has the potential to be the most important thing you'll ever do. When you step out of the boat, the water's going to be deep. The winds are going to blow. The sky's going to be dark. You're going to be uh, around unfamiliar faces in different places. And there's going to be people on the sidelines enjoying the safety of their boats. You'll be tempted to step right back into your boat and let this opportunity pass you by. But don't do it. Listen to the voice of God as he says, come to me. Believe in me. Trust me. Step out in faith. And let me change your life and the lives of those that you love the most. You know, Peter sank that night not because his circumstances changed or got worse. He sank because his perspective changed. He suddenly thought that his circumstances were more powerful than the object of his faith. His mind was telling him that his storm was bigger than his God. You've been there before? I certainly have. Where everything around me is telling me God wasn't going to come through this time. This storm was too big. This storm's going to defeat me. But look at Peter. At the very moment when he was sinking the Bible says Jesus was right there. Some of you will be tempted in the coming weeks to look at your circumstances and say, I just can't do this. I can't live for Christ in this world. I can't keep my marriage together. I can't change jobs and make things different. I, I can't build a successful business. I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't. And you're right. You can't do any of those things without recognizing that it's Christ in you who gives you the power to succeed and to live the life of fullness he promised us. It was Jesus who enabled Peter to walk. It wasn't Peter's ability. It was the power of God in him. 
You know what the difference is between failing and being a failure? One is an event. The other is a lifestyle. Did Peter fail at walking on water? Well, of course he did. He wasn't very good at it. Was he a failure? No way. If someone once asked Winston Churchill what prepared him most for his courageous stand against Hitler in World War II, Churchill said, you know, I think it was probably the time when I was held back a grade in grammar school and I had to repeat that grade. And the reporter was flabbergasted and said, you mean you failed a year in grammar school? Churchill shot back and said, I never failed at anything in my life. I was simply given a second chance to get it right. Some of you are listening to me right now, and you need a second chance to get it right. I'm convinced that God is speaking to you with that very purpose in mind. So the question remains, what are you going to do with that second chance? Will you step out, or will you stay safely seated in the boat? Here's God's challenge for you this week. Will you live your life waiting on God to give you a promise of success, or will you live your life stepping out in faith when God gives you the opportunity of a lifetime? I want to encourage you this morning. Take the opportunity. Step out of the boat. Do what God's called you to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this wonderful re, uh, reminder that our lives are not meant to be in steady, st uh, staying in the boat of just remaining constant. We're called to step out, step out into deep water sometimes, stepping out in faith, believing in Christ, taking Him as our Lord and Savior, then moving on, making a difference in this world. God, help us to do that. Help us to step out in faith today. We ask that in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.